Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living the life you've always dreamed of. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Katie Vaz of Katie Vaz Designs. Katie is an entrepreneur. She's an illustrator. She's published an adult coloring book of her designs, and two more book deals are underway. Her designs have been featured nationally in magazines like Real Simple and Women's Day. And Katie has a successful online business selling her designs as well. All of that, and she's only just had her 30th birthday. Impressive. Uh, Katie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm thrilled that you're here, and I'm really excited to kind of like get into your story. Um, I'm hoping that you could start out by telling us how you got into business for yourself in the first place, and I guess maybe we have to go back to when you were in grad school to, to get into this part of your story. Yeah, so it actually started around then, um, right in the middle of uh, my quarter-life crisis phase, I guess. So I went, <laughs> I was um, finishing up grad school, which I was going to that in uh, Germany. For, I was there for two years, and it was awesome. And then it was time to come home, and I had no idea what I wanted to do next, just like, uh, like, hello, adult life, not prepared at all. <laughs> Um, so I moved back home, and I'm from a really small town in upstate New York, so I wasn't really sure where I wanted to be um, as far as the location goes, and uh, I always felt a lot of pressure to to go to New York City uh, when I was in college. It's kind of where everyone said you had to go to be successful, but I wasn't exactly sure that I wanted to leave my family um, or if that was right for me, so just really like had no idea what I wanted to do and kind of froze. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, so I moved back home, and um, I, I had learned about some illustration and hand lettering when I was in grad school and wanted to play around with that in the meantime. So I opened up an Etsy shop just as a way to practice until I kind of figured out what to do and um, at the same time applied to some local places. And a lot of things weren't hiring. The timing was kind of weird, and I also, I think, just wasn't really sure what felt right at the time. So I continued with Etsy and um, had a really great response from the beginning, which was surprising, I guess. Um, And so that was really exciting. And through that, I picked up some freelance work. And so I, I wasn't really set out to do that, to have my own business and work for myself and, and even focus on illustration. So when that happened, I kind of, it was just super exciting. So I went with that mostly because I, I wasn't sure what else it was sort of like, okay, this is in front of me and it's really exciting and fun. So let's go with that for now. Um, and then everything has taken off from there. And now I do illustration full time and have my own business and work for myself and love it. And I really can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. I, you know, I love your story because it's, it's so, um, it, it like illustrates the power of the universe. You know, it's like you, you kind of like one thing leads to another thing and it's all really exciting. But when you first got into illustration in the first place, like did you ever have anybody kind of pushing you towards a more traditional and safe career or was that just always something you wanted to do? 
Um, I think there's a lot of pressure from not anyone in particular, but I guess society or, or kind of what I was seeing on social media and um, seeing how um, like a lot of people I knew were doing the traditional career route and a lot of people I went to school with had moved to a city and, and had like a nine to five job. And um, so I didn't really know anyone at the time that was doing what I was doing. So it kind of felt like what I was doing wasn't real, which is just, that's made up in my head. <laughs> but um, I was really self-conscious about that. So it was just a lot of pressure from um, like the, sh- the shoulds, I guess, like no one in particular was telling me I should do something different, but I felt that from just having my eyes open, I guess, and seeing what other people were doing. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people, I was going to say young people, but I think it's not just young people. I think there is a lot of self-imposed pressure like that, you know, especially those of us that choose something a little unconventional. Right. You kind of wonder, you know, what it would be like to have, to get paid every Friday and have health insurance, and like, you know? Yeah, I remember in, in college when we had like the normal assignments and everything, I was like, man, I can't wait till I get out in the real world and I have a job and I leave at five and then I get to do whatever I want. And it's, you know, there's no homework, no assignments. And, and sometimes I think about that now and I think like, huh, I've pretty much just like continued my lifestyle from college where I'm working on things sometimes all day. Uh huh. <laughs> um, but actually, now I enjoy it. And once you get paid, it kind of changes the feeling for that, too, I think. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely something to be said for following your joy and building a career around that. And um, so, you, you know, you, you've kind of done that. You've kind of gone from something you liked and you were pleasantly surprised with your Etsy shop. And then, you know, it's kind of led from one thing to another. So can you walk us through some of the highlights? I think uh, the first big highlight was getting my first freelance project, and that was maybe about six months after opening my Etsy shop. And um, I think that originally came about where I had just put uh, some portfolio work on, like, a portfolio website. So someone had found me through that and um, then saw my work on Etsy and hired me to do, a like, a full branding package design project. And I was very much like, what? Really? Like, <laughs> are you sure? Um, but this person just had like faith in, in my style and my ability. And, uh, that was really exciting. as like the first independent thing that I was tackling on my own. Um, and then flash forward a couple of years, I, I was contacted by a literary agent who had seen some of my work that was from, uh, another freelance project that I picked up from someone that had seen me on Etsy and that was in a shop in New York city, and so the agent saw my work and, and really loved the style and contacted me and asked me if I had any book ideas. And that was not at all on my radar. I was thinking that was for future me and like the super far future. And uh, so I was like, of course, yes, I do. And now um, flash forward a couple more years, I had a coloring book published uh, last summer. And right now I'm working on two new book ideas. Uh, one will be out next year. And then the next one will be out the year after that. Well, that's awesome. That's so exciting. And, you know, I love how you said you had it in your head. You weren't expecting it so quickly, but a lot of times that's what happens. You know, you, when, when you kind of like surrender to the the powers that be. Right. Definitely. There's, I think 
it would have been pointless for me to put like a timeline on myself. And I know a lot of people actually work that way and are, are very good at um, making like specific goals and following it to more of a timeline. But for me, um, sometimes I feel like when I do that, it just kind of goes like completely off track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just, um, sometimes it's been more helpful to just be open to, um, to what opportunities come about because so far it's been a lot of things that I haven't planned for. Yeah. I think that's very common that people experience that, um, both, both acceleration wise and setback wise or what perceived, right. you know, maybe not setback, maybe uh, route change, you know, right. yes. <laughs> it's like recalculating, um, that can right. happen, but, but I think it's an important point, you know, not only should we not put time limits on ourselves as far as, well, I must accomplish this by this date, but, you know, also not to say, well, I have to wait till I'm 40 to release my first book, you know? Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, in the end, it's just a random number that someone's picking or it's based on someone else's Facebook or whatever that you've seen and like, oh, that person has accomplished that by that time. So if I haven't, I'm not doing the right thing or I'm not good enough. And there's, I'm pretty sure that like most people feel that way about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's gone through something different and people have been working on things longer than you think they have. And so it's just, it's, yeah, I do think that it's most of the time pretty pointless to put some random number and assign it to goals like that. Yeah, that's true. And so often the people that we think are overnight successes, you know, like you said, they, we don't, the outside observer doesn't necessarily realize how long they've been working at something. You just see that moment that they become famous or they become successful or whatever. And it looks so easy, but there's a lot of intention and there's a lot of um, action that preceded that. I think 99% of the time. But um, on your own path here, it, it, it sounds you know, almost magical, like, you know, you're just going along and, and Etsy store is doing well and, and you get a design job and then you get contacted by the publisher and it's, it's really great. But I'm sure that there have been moments of fear and doubt and worry and, and I, you touched on this a little bit, like, oh no, what am I doing? My peers are you know, in a, in a, um, stable job or whatever. Um, do you have those moments of fear and doubt? And when you have them, what's your coping mechanism? (laughs) Yeah, I think I would be lying if I said that I, I was over that. I think that I still feel that pretty often. Um, it's a bit easier now once I've, I've had some years now, it's been about five years since I started. So, um, that's a bit, that's helpful to look back and see like, okay, I have felt like this before and I'm still here and um, everything has felt worth it so far. So that helps. Um, But I think a big turning point when I was able to get over those feelings a lot quicker was when I found uh, like my people, I guess. So there was some time after I started, maybe a couple of years where I really just didn't know anyone else doing uh, anything like this, working for themselves and any sort of like creative freelance position. So I 
over time met people at craft shows or um, I have a couple of friends actually that we started our friendship as pen pals. So it was someone else somewhere else in the country that was doing Etsy and illustration. And we randomly one day were just like, hey, I really like your work. And the other person was like, me too. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you find out that your life is so similar to a stranger and it's just a really awesome thing to bond over. Um, so once I found a couple of people like that where it we really clicked and had a lot in common, um, they were just really awesome Uh, it was like a support group that I could go to and kind of commiserate and celebrate and to have someone that got it, that knew like what your day looks like. It's just like mine. And I am frustrated about the same things or celebrating the same things. That was just like incredibly helpful. And I think that was a big turning point. So once I saw other people who had this like super unconventional day and saw like they're fine they're doing it it was just like a oh okay like it's fine like such a huge relief I guess yeah that's so important and I think like you're I think it sounds like you're talking a little bit about other creatives that have businesses but it's even in my experience it's even people entrepreneurs in general small business owners it can be so isolating and you can begin to get the perception that, or get the idea that you're facing something that no one else has ever faced that you're struggling and, and no one could possibly know what you're going through. But it's been my experience that our businesses are so much more alike than they are different. And most people that have been in business for a while have some war stories, you know, can really share um, right. some experiences. And the more we open up to others, you know, the, then you start to feel like, oh, okay, maybe I'm yeah. not so um, unusual after all. And it, it can be very comforting. Right. I agree. I think it is super comforting. And I think you're right that it doesn't even have to be someone that has the same type of um, self-employment job. It's anyone that's facing these same obstacles where you're finding your own insurance, you're, you know, trying to be productive and not wear pajamas all day because it's super easy and um, just all things like that. And that, yeah, that's been super helpful. So anytime there's any sort of networking event or, or it doesn't even have to be in person. I've definitely felt much better after doing some sort of like e-course online where there's a community. So anytime there's something like that, I think it's really worth trying out. Yeah, I think so. And obviously, I, I think that, you know, there has to be some kind of chemistry between who you consider your tribe. But it's one time I was in a business coaching program and we got paired with a partner, an accountability partner. And I, for my day job, I own a video production company and we do a lot of marketing videos and commercial work. And I got paired with a woman that owned or owns a pharmaceutical testing company. And so it's very sciencey, you know, it's very um, different from my company. And, and we both kind of thought like, no, we couldn't possibly have anything in common, but it was so interesting because we had everything in common and we faced all the same issues in our businesses. That's very cool. Yeah, it was very interesting. So, yeah, I always like to encourage people to be open to that possibility and to try to find those people. 
Yeah. And uh, one thing you mentioned about the accountability, I actually have a, a good friend and we meet on Skype every two weeks of like a type of accountability meeting. Uh-huh. And so we have goals and we keep each other accountable for it. And it, it's super casual and we're good friends. So it's like sometimes it's easy to talk about whatever and just get some social time in. But it is really awesome for having someone be like, hey, I know you. I know that you're struggling with this. Um, so someone that's like pushing you to do the things that like they know is important to you. And uh, it's been really helpful because it's, I don't want to show up to a meeting where I haven't done the thing that I've been talking about for months who, you know, I'm talking to a friend who will call me out about that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, we found that super helpful just to have someone who kind of understands it on a deeper level to, to help each other and help each other move forward with your goals. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I was going to ask you about structure within your tribe. And, you know, hearing that you meet every two weeks um, kind of answers that question. Do you do you have other ways that you regularly connect with your people? Yep. Um, there's a, a local um, chapter through AIDA. I'm not sure if um, you're familiar with that, but it's the graphic design organization throughout the country, and there's different chapters in, in each state. Um, so there's a local chapter that meets every month, and um, it's either – in the evenings or in the mornings. And that's a way for people to just network. And um, the more you go, the more you know people. And that sort of turns into an accountability thing, I think, where people are interested in what you're doing. And um, everyone's always really encouraging and supportive, which has been really great. And I I really like those meetings. And, um, And then I have some other illustrator friends who it's kind of the same thing. Like we check in with each other through texting or email or whatever. And we both know um, on a a pretty good level what each other is shooting for. So I think that's, that's also a really great thing too. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, you know, to have a friend or, or somebody that can keep you accountable is, as you said, so important. If you don't have that, of course, you can always hire a coach or somebody that, you know, will serve that same purpose. Um, but I personally think that everybody who's in business or even looking to achieve something in life, uh, it's very helpful to have that extra person just, you know, witnessing your progress. Yeah, it's it's very easy to make excuses for myself. So sure. it's harder when someone else is on, on the other side of the screen or whatever. They know, you know, when it's just an excuse or not. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we all do that, definitely. Um, I want to ask you, you mentioned that you have, um, some struggles with anxiety and I think that that's something that, um, I mean, you, so from outward appearances, it's hard, difficult for me to tell that, you know, there's anything else going on, but, um, it seems like this is a problem that's, you know, increasingly common. I don't know if people are just more aware of it or if it is in fact more common these days. Um, do you have any coping mechanisms for that that we haven't discussed? Yeah, so that actually, a lot of that came up um, right in the middle of what I mentioned before, like this quarter-life crisis phase. Yeah. I, it wasn't something I experienced when I was younger, although looking back, I can see like 
I have this tendency to overthink and be very, really anxious. So um, I ended up having panic attacks at a few craft shows and it was sort of out of the blue and uh, that sort of, that just set off a really like general anxious feeling all the time. And then I learned about, about it and what was going on in my body and um, I think I have a, a better grasp of it now, but it's something that is just a part of me and I deal with. And uh, I do know that now that it's a bit more common than I thought at first, and I thought that I was going crazy and nobody else had ever <laughs> experienced what I was feeling. So yeah, so I, I uh, actually, I went to counseling for a few years um, where I spoke to someone and she helped me work out what I was feeling and um, gave me really great like coping mechanisms, I guess, to deal with it. And I would highly recommend that for anyone that has had issues with this. Um, for me, I've also, I've also noticed that simple things, which is kind of a cliche or whatever, is like sleeping well and, and exercising and eating well, those all really make a difference. And um, I mean, because I work at home, so I'm in front of a computer and I sit all day and it's super easy to just get in the mode of that, like wake up, work, go to bed and just not be active, not get fresh air. And that just is like a super bad path to spiral down, I think. Yeah, easy for a lot of us to do that. And it's, you know, one of the themes I was just thinking of hearing you talk, you know, even though you're your own boss, you own your company, you work, as you said, you know, at home on the computer, you have this team, you know, it's kind of like team around you of peers. And, you know, you mentioned you went to a counselor for a while and like, it's, it's like nobody exists in a bubble and no business can, I think happen, you know, by yourself. There's always this, it's like, there's this village around you, you know, that is helping each of us be successful. I just find that really interesting. Definitely. Yeah. I always try to remember that and not forget how many people around me support me and I I don't ever want to take that for granted so there's my other like illustrator friends that I go to and even some family and close friends that I've grown up with it's just it's been really vital for me to have them around and and lean on them a lot and uh yeah I think you're totally right that it's even though I'm working for myself and it's just me in this business it's really not. It's so many other people involved and it's, yeah, nobody can work in a bubble, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so with your business, one of the reasons you've been successful is you're obviously very talented and driven, but your designs are just really cool. They're, they're whimsical, they're um, inspirational, they're, there's just something about them that makes you want to smile. And I, <laughs> I'm just wondering, um, you know, you, you've got your own kind of style that you've developed. So did you, can you pinpoint where you got your inspiration from or where you get your inspiration from? Um, so my style has been something that kind of has driven me crazy in the past, I guess. Um, I guess it's a thing that maybe any artistic person might struggle with where you're working a lot and you want so hard to have this recognizable style but it's it's difficult you just can't see it yet but then time happens and eventually you do um so at least with my experience that's what happened um 
I guess over the last few years, I've seen it peak out a bit. And now when I create art, I think that it, it just flows really naturally. And I don't have to try too hard to make it look a certain way. I just draw what feels right or I, like I said, what comes out naturally and it's there and it's really exciting to see. Um, and I try to think about if there's anything specific that's, you know, creating that style. And I think that it's just a combination of everything. I think, um, I really love nature and I, I grew up in a small town out in the country in a super rural area. Um, I've traveled a lot. I think that just there's nothing that I can pinpoint, but I think everything has sort of stewed inside me, I guess, for a while. And now it's just coming out in this style, I guess, whimsical, like you said, and um, kind of weird and wobbly sometimes. And um, most of the time when I'm drawing it, it entertains me and it makes me happy. So as long as I I feel that, that it's um, creating that feeling in me, that's what feels most natural. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. I, I like your work very much. Thank and um, curious about so with your company now. I know you're wanting to stay open to these synchronicities that you seem to be manifesting, which are very exciting. But do you you must have a vision at this moment for what you think the future of your company looks like? What what is that? Yeah. So I think so. I've been doing this for about five years now, and I think that. Up until now, it's been a lot of one thing has led to the next thing, and that led to something else, and I would not have guessed where I am right now, but I'm very happy about it. So now is the, kind of the first real moment in the in the timeline where I've, I'm making a plan, and I think it, just looking back on the last few years, I've been able to think like, okay, it's not weird what I do. It's not <laughs> some, I don't know, fake job or whatever. So now I, I am really excited about what I'm planning. So my next steps are to start licensing my work. And um, that's a lot of paths. Uh, a lot of illustrators take that path. Um, so you would license your work to companies that uh, would use it on textiles and uh, like so fabric design, home decor, things like that. So they would license it or buy it outright. And also, I would love to do more commissions where my work is featured in more magazines and more books and uh, in general, just to keep illustrating books because I, I really loved that so far, too. Yeah. Do you do you currently do any custom work? I do some custom work. Uh, most of the time, it's custom, uh, like commissioned illustrations for something. Mm-hmm. Um, la- or a couple of years ago, actually last year. I was commissioned by Syracuse University to design their homecoming map and some um, like collateral imagery to go along with that. So that was work that was created uh, like just for them. I wouldn't use it for anything else. But that that was sort of like my another dream project that came along. (laughs) Wow, you just seem to be attracting those all over the place. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Now, along with attracting all those dream projects comes a lot of hard work, obviously. And I always like to ask people about the word grit because it's an important word to me. It's, um, I'm just always fascinated by stories of grit and I'm you know, curious about what it means to different people. So what does it mean to you? you know, I'm certain that you have it. 
Um, how do you call upon your grit or what does it mean to you? I think to me, it means, I guess, trying to see things in the long term and um, having the faith in myself that I'll get there someday. I think um, a lot of times I feel myself, I have these like big goals for different things I want to illustrate or projects I'd like to get. And so my to-do list becomes so big. And then I look at that and I just get really tired and just like, oh, like, oh my God, that will never happen. There's, there's so many things I have to do. And, and then I get distracted and things get put off. So I think um, I feel like there's grit in me looking at the to-do, the to-do list and um, like taking like tackling things as they need to happen, whether that's something small or little things that will lead to a big thing um, and just not giving up on it. I think that sometimes I just want something to happen right now and I want that instant satisfaction. Like, great, I did it now, done, I can check it off completely. But it's really difficult sometimes to be like, okay, this might not happen till next year, but there's something I can do today that will influence that and it's not wasting time. I think sometimes I think if, if I'm not accomplishing something right now that it's wasteful, I guess. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense, um, especially because that, that kind of feeds into my, like, oh, I could just have a nine-to-five job and have a paycheck this Friday. <laughs> but instead, I'm working on something that I will get paid for next year, but I need to do it now. Right. So I think, there, yeah, that's where the grit is for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. And, uh, and I, I know that at least speaking for myself, I mean, I've certainly had moments too, where I've been like, okay, I'm just, just stopping this. I'm just getting a job and it's, it's going to be right. so much easier, but, um, but not really, like, I, I don't actually really want to do that. So right. I think about that pretty often too. And I know as soon as I did that, I would just be dreaming of what I'm doing right now. So yeah, yeah exactly. You're living the dream, Katie. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It's great. Um, it has been wonderful talking with you. I'm going to have to wrap up because uh, we are running out of time. But is there anything else that you would like to add? Any um, insight, wisdom, advice? Um, you know, anything we didn't get to talk about? If I could end on one thing. It's just really like don't worry about the shoulds. I think that's something. I've struggled with everyone I know that does this type of business has struggled with. And I guess anyone that's out there feeling that way, you are totally not alone. Um, but just brush those off if you can. Yeah. Those, those are dangerous words. You're right. <laughs> like, <laughs> let those go. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Katie, how can people find out um, more about you and see your work and get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, definitely feel free to visit my Etsy shop. That's at katievoz.etsy.com. Um, I'd love for you to follow me on social media. I have uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then take a look at my website if you'd like to know more details, and that's at katievoz.com. Oh, okay, wonderful. I'll post all of those links on the page on my website so people can easily find everything all in one place. And thank you so much for talking with us today. It's really interesting hearing your story. Thank you so much for having me. It's really fun talking to other people who get it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to the show. My guest was Katie Vaz. You can find this complete interview and links to all her social media pages and her website on our website, readysecret.com. Thank you again for joining us and check in again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on how to turn your daydream into a fabulous day job. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.